Welcome to Stride, Organizing with Purpose, a podcast from Blue Future. My name is Morgan Starr, and I'm the co-executive director at Blue Future. Blue Future envisions a world where no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. We are on a mission to inspire, mobilize, and invest in young people across race and place to organize for a brighter tomorrow. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard. This podcast called Stride, Organizing with Purpose, is giving young people a platform to spread their ideas and share their work. This is an opportunity for youth leaders to practice your public speaking and messaging, to build confidence in our ability to talk to press and the media, and to share our collective vision of the brightest future. What's up, everyone? Welcome to our podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm so excited to have this opportunity to showcase some pretty amazing organizers. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard, and we are so excited to be using this platform to lift up their voices. And again, this podcast is a space that intends to give more young people a platform to share their ideas, to share their work, to share their vision for a brighter future. And we're really excited to kick it off. Uh, today. But before we get started, Morgan, how's your week going? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. It's going pretty well. I'm here in DC and we have great weather this week, not a lot of humidity, and we are excited, you know, to have a great week and enjoy this beautiful weather. What about you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm living, L I V I N. You know, I'm so excited to be here with you and to get to interview our special guest today. But this week I'm watching uh, my friend's dog, Taz, so he might make a guest appearance. If you hear some barking in the background, just know he's trying to get his two cents in about how we organize for a better world. But why don't we go ahead and introduce our special guest? I can't wait to meet Taz. That sounds awesome. And I'm super excited to introduce our guest today. Her name is Tamar Brandis Krug, and she is doing some incredible work with us. Tamar is a rising senior at Tufts University studying political science, studio art, and Spanish. She is currently a summer associate at Democracy Partners and an intern at Blue Future. In addition, Tamar is the campaign manager for the committee to elect Justin Tseng to Medford City Council. So Tamar, how are you doing today? Hi, um, Morgan and Nick. I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. Well, to get right in, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, your background and kind of why you're involved in civic engagement and political organizing? My background is in um, political communications and organizing. So I got started on political organizing when I was in high school and I'm now a rising senior at college, in college. So about five or six years ago with an organization called Boston Mobilization, which um, I believe no longer exists, but at the time was a youth-led social justice organization that focused on trainings. And when I was involved, they gave me the, the tools and the information I needed to to both like lead and participate in an array of social justice trainings and learn a lot about progressive organizing. So from there, I started to get involved in a lot, in different electoral campaigns and issue campaigns. And as Morgan mentioned, now working on a city council campaign in Medford, Massachusetts, which is my hometown and also where I go to school. Tamara, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I, I think it's always interesting how people get involved in this work. So I'd love to hear how you first got started. So 
As I mentioned, my, my main start was through the organization Boston Mobilization, actually because of my sister was who was involved. But I think the the real start was way further back with my upbringing. I was raised in a really progressive Jewish temple in Somerville, Massachusetts called the Chavarat Shalom, which is very focused on the Jewish principle of tikkun olam, which is repairing the world. And the way that a lot of my community members saw tikkun olam was through progressive organizing and through through working on various different causes. So I, growing up, had this value instilled in me of doing what I could to contribute to these movements. And another another key principle I was raised with is um, kavod habriot, which is respect for other people. So it's all about caring for and respecting people around you. And I think I took that both 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 of these both of these values kind of took me directly to social justice work and to organizing. And I think I credit that a lot for where I am today, both through watching my amazing community members and how they implemented it, and also just taking the teachings they passed to me. So wonderful. Um, thank you for sharing all of that, Tamar, and, and opening up that space for us to talk, I, I think, a little bit about values, because you know a lot is going on in our country right now, and we tend to think that we're so divided as a country, and there's you know, two factions or there's two sides. But I think in our work at Blue Future and, and hopefully what you've seen thus far from working with us for the last several months, you know, there's a lot that brings us together. And we have to speak to that. We have to talk about the values that we do share across race, across gender, across background, income, and the rest. So I wonder if you might share a, a little bit about what you're seeing in your community, whether through the city council campaign or expanding upon some of your progressive Jewish values, but what are some of the values that kind of drive you? I think that I mentioned before the the Jewish value of kavod habriot, kindness and respect for other people. And I think that that's been really central in the city council campaign. So Medford is a relatively small city with a very, a, a lot of really active community members, which is really incredible um, and leads to a lot of really cool discourse, but it also leaves room for tension when people have differing political views. And I think one of the coolest things to see is when people with different political views are able to have a conversation, especially in a city as small as Medford, because we really do have to work together to make any kind of progress on the municipal level, I believe. So it's been, it, it's it's been really cool to see these conversations unfold and to be part of these conversations. And I think that the value in respecting all people is so fundamental. And I've had some really cool conversations while canvassing with people who, some of whom completely disagree with the policies that my, my candidate is proposing or his, his platform stances, but are down and excited to have a conversation about it and to ask questions and to express what they believe in in a really civil way, which has been which has been super cool. And tomorrow we'd love to hear a little bit more about the city council campaign you've been working on. You know, why did you feel it was important to work on a local campaign? And what have you really learned from that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So to start to give you guys a little bit of background about the election I'm working on, the I'm the campaign manager for the committee to elect Justin Sang to Medford City Council. Justin is a progressive son of Taiwanese immigrants with a proven record of advocating for our Medford community. So, for example, he successfully no negotiated for more affordable class activity fees while at Medford High School, 
collaborated with the community to pass two school improvement plans, and has been a strong and consistent mental health advocate. And I have been lucky enough to call Justin a friend for the past few years. And for me, it was, it was really important to get involved in his campaign because I trust that he's going to continue to show up for the people that he spent the last few years fighting for, advocating for progressive values on city council. And he brings a really unique perspective. As a young person, he is in touch with the, the issues that are most pressing for other young people. There's a lot of, a lot of issues that I think are somewhat ignored often in, in politics that are really important to young people. Mental health is one of them. Well, obviously mental health is a big problem for people of all ages and mental health resources are incredibly important. I think right now we're hearing young people express the need for mental health resources in a way that we've never heard before. So Justin's voice is incredibly important because it, it adds that perspective. Additionally, Justin brings the perspective of an Asian American. We haven't had a person of color in Medford City Council since the 80s. And to the best of my knowledge, we've never had an Asian American in Medford City Council, despite the fact that we have quite a large Asian American population. So the fact that he brings that really much needed perspective just gives him gives him a unique a unique perspective, a unique view, and I think would be ultimately really, really positive for the city of Medford and how how we grow in the next few years. You know, I think a lot of people who are going to be listening to, to our conversation today might be curious about some of the things that, that aren't quite as glamorous about running a campaign or running for office as a young person, a young person of color um, at the municipal level. Could you shed some light on maybe some of the challenges that you all have faced and, and how you've been able to wrestle with those and prove to be resilient in continuing the campaign? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to make it sound like the like local campaigns are just glamour and fun. And while like we've all learned a lot, there are a lot of challenges. Namely, the campaign is entirely grassroots, both in our funding and our volunteers, or primarily grassroots. So it's been a bit of an up of an uphill battle with mobilizing with mobilizing people and getting people involved on different levels. We've been really lucky to have a lot of really great people who appreciate Justin's vision and have been really generous in their support. But city council campaigns and all campaigns take a lot of money and a lot of work. And I think it's become kind of a norm in campaign finance that people really self-finance a lot, which is great when people have the opportunity to do that, but it also creates a barrier for people who do not. So for example, Justin is a college student. He doesn't have a full-time job and he's not able to pour tons and tons of money into his own campaign, which means we have to put a lot more a lot more efforts into grassroots fundraising, which is anybody has done campaign finance takes a lot of work. And same with like volu- with volunteer mobilization, with getting people to join us with canvases. And we've also encountered a lot of pushback because of Justin's age. So when we're canvassing, a lot of people ask how old he is and kind of question whether he'll be able to do the job given that he's a college student, which is quite interesting because local city councilors, at least in Medford, all have full-time jobs. City council is a part-time job, but people, I think, see it as different because he's in college and because it's um, his full-time job is school because he's a young person. So it's been a battle to kind of prove that he is really, really qualified. He has 
a really comprehensive background with policy, with, with politics, with organizing, with working in the community. And he is really dedicated to improving the city of Medford. That is so great to hear. And I think what you're doing is a lot is what a lot of other young people are interested in doing, but sometimes don't have the resources or don't know how to get involved. So what would you say to young people who are looking to get involved either in Justin's campaign or in other campaigns in their local communities? How, what are the first steps they should take? My biggest piece of advice is to get started, which I realize is not necessarily, sounds, doesn't necessarily sound the most helpful, but I think that since politics and organizing can seem like it's a really closed world um, and hard and inaccessible and hard to break into, and it can be, the most important thing is to just kind of like get your foot in the door. So for local campaigns, I would say political like Twitter and social media is one of the best resources. A lot of candidates post, you'll be able to find like ways to canvas or phone bank in your community if you find representatives or Google like people running for different for different positions near you. So like right now, a lot of people have canvases. So you can go and volunteer for one day to knock on doors and talk about them or phone banks if you don't feel comfortable canvassing. Um, and because a lot of like progressive campaigns are very grassroots, people are always looking for support and for help. So there's, there's a, a lot to do there. And there's also a lot of really cool organizations like Blue Future that connect young people to political work into political campaigns. So if you can find those organizations and attend their events, that's a great way to get started. And like I said, get your foot in the door. Because I, I really believe that once you once you get started, it's a lot easier. And one of the biggest hurdles is kind of overcoming overcoming that first step. That yeah, that first step in getting involved. This is the Stride Podcast from Blue Future. We'll be right back. As our freedom to vote is under attack across this country, we wanted to share some key messages that might help us as we advocate and organize for a world where we all can be safe and free. And so we wanted to share an overarching narrative that we can incorporate into our work to talk about why we must fight for the freedom to vote. Here's how it sounds. Whatever our color, background, or zip code, in America, we all value our freedom. When it comes to setting the rules for our lives, we want the freedom to vote in a transparent process we trust so we can elect leaders who deliver for us from creating jobs to providing affordable health care to addressing the climate crisis and so much more. But now, Republican senators who blocked an investigation into a deadly attack on our capital are trying to use the same loophole to block legislation that the majority of Americans across the political spectrum have demanded to protect our freedom to vote. This is a turning point for our nation. Our leaders must exercise their majority, eliminate the filibuster, and pass the For the People Act to create national standards to ensure that we can safely and freely cast our ballots, have our voices heard, and elect leaders who deliver on our priorities. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Stride podcast from Blue Future. Today, we are really excited to be talking to uh, one of our colleagues and youth organizers, Tamar Brandis-Krug. And Tamar, welcome back. We, we want to keep jumping in here. And we're curious, 
you know, there are so many issues that are important to our generation, but if you had to choose just one, what is, what are some of the, what, what's the most important issue um, that you are organizing for that you'd like to see progressive change for? Thank you so much for that question, Nick. I think it's, it's really difficult to pick one issue, especially because with intersectionality, every issue is incredibly interconnected. That said, I think environmental justice is one of the most pressing issues we're facing right now. People keep saying this, but the climate disaster is happening and it's happening now with fires in the, across the West Coast and flooding around the world. We're seeing the, the actual impacts affects people, affect people's lives every single day. And if we don't start making real changes and if progressive leaders don't implement really aggressive legislation to protect the environment and reduce the impact we have on it, we won't have a planet to live on in a few years. A few being a bit of an exaggeration, but some, some number. You are exactly right. The climate crisis is here and it is one of the most important issues we need to be focusing on, especially for young people. And with this issue, but also with you know, all of the other challenges going on, what power do you feel that young people have? I think young people have really unlimited power to make change. I think as a generation, we have not only a lot of passion, but also a lot facing us that's kind of forcing young people to try to make these changes. As I mentioned with environmental justice, if we don't fight and we don't spend our time fighting, we're going to have our lives really incredibly affected and the lives of everyone we love are going to be really affected. So I think because we need to be fighting and because of the, the passion of the generation, we have unlimited power. We just have to really strategically use this power in the, in the best ways to make real change with community organizing, with getting involved in local politics, with getting involved in all levels of politics. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, the people in power want us to think that we don't have any of it. They want to divide and conquer, right? I mean, that's their whole strategy. And whether it's racial divisions, whether it's gender divisions, whether it's geographic divisions and so on, or intergenerational divisions, all of those are ploys to kind of keep us from harnessing our power and using it to really improve people's lives. And it's certainly one of the things that I'm most excited about in our movement, in the youth movement, and in progressive organizing is that, you know, us young folks, we, we are starting to catch on and we're starting to get organized and we're starting to make a real difference. And we have been for years and years. But at the same time, there are still a lot of challenges for young people to really break through. So I wonder, what do you wish more people in politics knew about our generation? Another wonderful question. You're right. And when I, when I talk about how much power young people have, that is not to say that there aren't incredible limits and limiting factors where when the people who are in power, who hold political power, won't listen to us. And so I wish that more people in politics and people in general knew how dedicated we really are to progress and change. I think young people are often dismissed as like slacktivists because of a lot, a lot of young organizing takes place online or our, our input is dismissed as too radical and that we're just young and, our, and naive in our aspirations. And I wish people would realize that we may, we may be young, but a lot of us, we're not, we're not naive, we're not slacking. 
we're making real change and we're using new tools like the internet to do so. Yes, we, we absolutely are. Young people are really leading the way with so many different movements and the internet is a great way to do that. And so what advice do you have for young people that want to make a difference? And right now, maybe they're, they've only shared an Instagram story here and there, uh, but really do want to get you know more involved, maybe specifically with issues and not just a campaign. I think the biggest piece of advice that I have is to get involved on on a smaller level or on the smallest level. So if you're in high school or college, get it starting to get involved in clubs on your campuses. If you're if you're out of if you're not in school finding organizations that have local chapters because I think that there's a lot of kind of flash to some of the bigger organizations, but when you get involved on like a community level, you can make a big change and make a lot of impact. And also it gives you a lot of tools that you'll need if you do start working on a larger scale. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and I hope that folks who are listening do feel inspired to be involved. That ultimately, that's what this whole podcast is meant to do is to share the story, share our voices about the ways that young people across this great country are doing things in their community that will make this country, this society and this world a better place. And so in that vein, and as we kind of get to closing this podcast today, if you might shed some light on what are some of your hopes for the future, uh, whether that be related to work, personal or otherwise, and the future of young people, what do, you, what do you hope for our generation? I think that hope is really, really fundamental in the movement and in progressive organizing. So I really appreciate that question. I think my biggest hope is that we continue to see the momentum that we've seen these past few years in a variety of different issues kind of grow and evolve as as young people and as all people continue to fight for progress. I hope that we see real change reflected in our government and by our leaders as we continue to demand it. I think that there's so much potential and we're starting to see And history often shows that with strategic organizing, real change can be made. So I guess that I am really hopeful that we'll, over the next 10, 20, 30 years, see see that change unfold. So Tamar, in that vein of of hope that you mentioned, is there a candidate or a person right now in our political system that inspires you or, or you feel your, your fellow young people to be hopeful? This may be cheating a little bit because I'm so involved in his campaign, but Justin saying who I've mentioned, who's running for Medford City Council, really has inspired me a lot over the past few months. Watching the integrity in which he's approached the campaign and also his plans for the future of Medford with progressive policies that put people first has been incredibly inspiring because I think that it's a really great example of what happens when young people get involved in politics and what the future of local politics look like when driven by young people. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And Blue Future is excited about Justin's campaign. You know, young people in Medford across the state and across the country are excited to see more representation uh, from youth or, you know, from youth in local government, young people of color from BIPOC communities, women, gender nonconforming folks, and so on. I think for our last question, which may or may not become a staple question here at the Stride podcast, is 
we we really believe that at the core of what we do when we organize for our communities to improve our education to strengthen our healthcare system to fight back against the climate crisis ultimately why we are doing these things is because we care about freedom because we want to be free we want to enjoy a safe a healthy and a livable planet and so as our last question today tomorrow what would it really feel like for everyone no matter our gender race background zip code income or any other factor what would it feel like if everyone could be free here in america that is a really difficult question cuz freedom is so so complex but i think at the center of it freedom in america would mean that every person has their basic needs met and i think that would be incredibly unprecedented but also amazing i'm <laughs> yeah i'm having some trouble with this question cuz it's not only a little bit hard to I mean it's hard, it's hard to envision but it's also hard to think of words that are enough to address how how incredible that would be. I I really like what you say though about about having people's needs met and and it's the unfortunate reality of a racialized system that we live in of a capitalist system that we live in that 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 is not true for most people and that is you know why we do what we do why we organize why we support candidates who are willing to fight for that sort of progress and we have to keep that vision alive we have to center a vision where we all can be free and we can enjoy time with our family and we can work hard and get paid a living wage and we can send our kids to school and we can go to school without being stuck with student debt for the rest of our lives and we don't have to worry about the planet burning or the hurricanes coming every every summer and the rest so you know I I thank you for for sharing that. Thank you so much Tamar for being with us today on our first ever Stride podcast with Blue Future. We want to thank you for all of the organizing work you're doing with Justin's campaign, with Democracy Partners, with Blue Future, at Tufts and and so much more. We really appreciate having you on and we want to encourage all young people who are interested in getting involved and taking that first step to make a difference in your community to get involved with Blue Future. You can check us out at ourbluefuture.us on our website or on social media at at Blue Future Now on all social media platforms. So thank you so much again, Tamar, and thank you all for joining us. I hope you enjoyed listening.